0: Hey, it's Kathy with Rock Your Retirement, and as promised, today's Friday, and so you'll be getting to listen to Henry Shapiro's Retired Excited. I know you're just going to love this as much as I do. And don't forget, you can still listen to Rock Your Retirement, where I'm the host, and those shows are released on Mondays. Welcome to the Retired Excited Podcast. Retired Excited, the show where we give retired and want-to-be-retired folk a look at how great retired life can be. Here we talk to men and women who are happily retired and loving their life. We explore the techniques, activities, beliefs, and excitement of these happy retirees and examine how every Tom, Dick, and Mary can benefit from their experience. Together, we will delve into what retired happiness really looks like and how anyone can achieve it.
1: Here is your host, Henry Shapiro.
2: Hey folks, Henry here at Retired Excited, the show providing inspiration for people who are nearly retired, newly retired, or say they're never going to retire. If you're nearing retirement and fearful of what lies ahead, you don't need to be. If you're already retired and wondering how to fill your days, then this show is exactly for you. Here we talk to retired people doing things that make them happy. Things from stamp collecting to cruising, from dancing to touring the world on a motorbike. There's an exciting stage of life to be enjoyed after full-time work and it's got nothing to do with your financial situation or social position. We talk to everyday retired people who are living the life they want and we talk to a few professionals to get expert advice. And I chip in with some of my own experiences. Welcome to episode 7 of Retired Excited. Hope you're all having a great day. It is an absolutely magnificent day here. And when I say magnificent, there's clear blue skies with just a little touch of white fluffy clouds in the sky. And it is 34 degrees and that's in centigrade. So it's about 91 degrees Fahrenheit for those of you in the US or other places. I've got a fabulous guest for you today. He's an interesting man. He is a crusty old Scotsman. And his name is George Young. As we're going along, just see if you can work out how old he is and how long he has been in the club. When I say club, what we're going to hear about today is the Berwick Woodworkers Club. George is on the committee there. I don't know quite how long he's been on the committee, but I've spoken to a couple of the other members there and they all have enormous respect for him doesn't smile a lot even when he's telling me a joke he doesn't smile but I reckon he's smiling on the inside. The club uh, is in a couple of buildings in what is known as the Old Chiefs Factory Complex. The complex is on the site of a historic building that's hard to say it's on the site of a historic building it's a two-story mansion kind of a building and there's various other buildings around it on a large plot of land and this plot of land is in the middle of a suburban area. I thought that the land belonged to the council but he soon sets me straight on that. Anyhow there's a management committee there and they run various events so in the main mansion you can have weddings, there's a chapel there, there's a pottery club there and the woodworkers club is in a couple of buildings. One of the buildings has a dining area and meeting area and some of the more complex machines, lathes and bandsaws and the like and the other one is more for hand tools and the storage of uh, bits of timber and so forth, and doing some some painting work on what it is that they produce. Now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to listen to this interview very carefully. Uh, What I'm really asking you to do is to listen between the lines, if you can say such a thing about an audio. You might need... An interpreter because he, George is not all that easy to understand sometimes and uh, so between his Scottish accent and my Australian accent some folks are going to have a problem but but it's pretty good as I said listen between the lines I want you to pick up apart from folks coming down and doing woodworking and making what they want or helping other people I want you to try and pick up three things which are important to George and in my view anyhow the most important things to do with the club. <clears throat> Let's have a little discussion about what these three things may be after the interview. So here we go. Okay, we're here today at the Berwick Woodworkers Club and I've got with me George Young who's on the committee of the club. How are you George? Well, I'm very well
1: thanks. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about yourself, your background. Well I'm from Scotland of course, from the southeast of Scotland midway between edinburgh and berwick upon tweed and uh, I uh, was educated in scotland worked in scotland worked in england and came out here after i retired okay so it was after you retired
2: yeah. um tell me about what happened when you retired did you uh, Work up until the maximum age, or how did that work?
1: Yes, I had to retire at 62, mm-hmm. and um, for economic reasons, we delayed our uh, departure for Australia until I was 65, so that I had a retirement pension to bring with me. Okay, and that is that a British pension, or Brit- a Scottish the, the, pension? The British retirement Pen- pension. Pension yeah. system, yeah.
2: And was that an easy move to retire, or how did you feel about it at the time?
1: No, there was no problem. No, I had uh, worked uh, all my working life for the government, and uh, uh, I was heartily sick of the British government, (laughs) especially when uh, the Iron Lady came into power. Right. She was just a thorn in our flesh. As a trade unionist, that is, you know. Yes, yeah. She was out to kill the trade unions uh, at the expense of the British economy. Yeah. It was as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Because of her obsession, her, uh, I would say, probably her upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: She was a very strong leader, though, at the time. Whether you, oh there, yeah, but, yeah. Well, I'm not
1: yeah. again seeing that. Yeah. but uh, it yeah. was at everybody else's expense. Yeah.
2: What did you think about the unions in Australia? Did you? Uh, uh, did I you... never,
1: never really got involved uh, with any sort of background information on the unions at oh, all. Yeah, I heard all about the the trouble in the docks and one thing or another. But uh, yeah.
2: so, what year was uh, this? What What year did you
1: come out? Oh, Ninety-five. Okay. 20 20 years ago, 21 years come January.
2: So your transition from working to being retired, that was fairly smooth for you.
1: Oh, that was no problem. Yeah, yeah. And I knew 40 years in advance (laughs) when I would be retiring. Yeah. (laughs) And it couldn't come quick enough.
2: (laughs) What about financially? Was it going to be a drama financially?
1: Oh, no, no. No? No. Coming out here was was probably a, not a drama, but it had to be a, a consideration, that's why I waited until I was on the retirement pension, you see.
2: Yeah.
1: Retired at 62, but the pension wasn't payable until 65. Yes. Yeah. So in order to have a fairly decent income to come out with, I had to wait until I got the retirement pension.
2: Yeah. Now, here we are at the the woodworkers' club. Mm. And obviously, you weren't uh, working as a carpenter or a, or a cabinet maker there. No. What what was your interest in woodworking?
1: Well, I, I'd always uh, had an interest, but uh, the, the the interest was uh, stimulated when I uh, went south into England, and uh, I was obliged to purchase property. Okay. Uh, and it therefore became a necessity to do odd jobs <laughs> for my own benefit um, without too, too, too much dependence on uh, tradesmen. Okay. So I started uh, taking an inter- interest in the woodworking uh, classes. Yeah. And did you go to classes? Yeah, I went to classes, yeah. Yeah. And so then
2: when you were here? How did you find the, the, this woodworking club, the Berwick Club?
1: Oh, it wasn't a problem because the, the club goes to all the shows round about okay. and uh, uh, one of the first um, events I attended when, when we arrived here was the Berwick Show. Yes. And I met uh, a gentleman there who's who was working on a scroll saw and... Uh, we got chatting, and he invited me along to the club. OK. That's so that, that was in February. Yeah. We, we yeah. arrived in January. That was the end of February. OK, so that was quick. Ah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Ah. That's interesting, because my contact with the club was at the farmer's market. You, you have a stand at the farmer's market. Oh, ah, yeah. And ah. uh, I got talking to the folks there, and they said, I'll come up and have a look and see yeah. what see what's ah. going on.
1: No, that's... Yeah, well, we, we've only recently started the farmer's market, so about a couple of years back. Yeah. It's, it hasn't been a long-standing arrangement, right? So, tell me about how the how's the club
2: organised. Who comes to the club? Um, what's the uh, what's the administration of the club? Because well, just breaking in, you're here in yeah. council
1: premises. Council own these buildings,
2: uh, and they're beautiful no, buildings. No. They're perfect.
1: It's crown property. It's owned by the crown, and uh, It belongs technically to the Victorian Government.
2: Okay. Oh, okay,
1: not the Council. Mm -hmm. No, not the Council. So we have a lease with the Victorian Government. Mm -hmm. The Council, City of Casey, they administer it on behalf of the Victorian Government. Okay. And uh, although we built the property, if you build on Crown property Uh, Anything you build automatically reverts to the Crown. So although we built it, we don't own it. Uh, We have a lease and uh, the City of Casey, they maintain the property, all the properties on the site. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, So tell us about the members, typically who are the uh, members, what sort of people? Well
1: we're an incorporated club, Mm -hmm. so we're uh, legally um, on the right side of the Department of Justice. (laughs) We're registered with them and... uh, I'm just going to stop for a second and take your arm out from under
2: there. There you go. Put your arm on top of it.
1: We're we're registered with them and uh, uh, we have to make our uh, annual return to the Department of Justice Mm -hmm. and uh, get get clearance on our um, constitution and all the rest of it. Right, yep.
2: And the members? So, the,
1: the members are from all over. They're, as I was telling you earlier, we yeah. only have three three carpenters in the club, mm-hmm. and uh, at one time we had a, I don't know whether he's still in the club or not, but we had a cabinet maker. Right. But these were about the only blocks who were concerned with timber, timber work. Mm. The rest are just a, a mixed bunch. A lot of them, in the early days, a lot of them used to work with GM, you know. General Motors, General down Motors in uh, Dandenong, yes. Yeah. In fact, the fellow that introduced me to the club, he was with uh, General Motors. And... Uh, so are most of them retired? N- not all, no, no, we, um, our age group is from age 13 uh, onwards. Right, okay. And, uh, the reason for the age thirteen is that uh, it's the earliest age at which the insurers will insure. <laughs> okay. So that, that that's a guiding principle. Yeah. So in in the past we've had teenagers in the club. Mm-hmm. We've still got two two right. teenagers in the okay. club. Yeah, one one's fifteen, I think. The other one's eighteen.
2: Hmm. And but typically, yeah. how old would they be?
1: I would say the average age of the club is probably about 60, 60. 60. Yeah. but we've got uh, a group of women who come in on a Wednesday evening, they're, they're, two or three of them are school teachers I think, Okay. so, so they're in their, probably generous and say they're in their late 40s. <laughs> oh. uh, now you were telling
2: me about uh, women before, what was that story, People, women coming in?
1: No, no, I was saying about women wanting to introduce their husbands yes. to the club. Yeah. yeah. More, when we're out at a farmer's market or such like, it's women more than men who come along and say, can we have an application form?" Right. So, Because I want my husband to join. <laughs> <laughs> That's the usual principle. They're trying to get so, him out of the house. Our members yeah. come from all over. Yeah. They're fairly scattered. We have some from... Um, uh, I, I, Bunyip Way, and we've got some from um, Pearsdale Way, and some Just from Seaford, no, the... not, not Seaford, Ch- Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea, remember Chelsea? Chelsea. 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 Just for, the,
2: for the sake of the people listening who won't know where where this is, how how far away are those things,
1: those places? Oh, Bunyip, I'm not quite sure, actually. Yeah. Probably about 25k yeah. Bunyip. okay. Hi. And Piersdale will be about 30k. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea's probably about 30k. Mm-hmm. Going in different directions. We have members in the past. We don't have any at present, but we've had members in the past from uh, Dufton and um, Endeavour Hills. Right. I think we still have someone from De- Endeavour Hills, yeah. Most are from Narry Warren, Narry South, Berwick, Beaconfield. Yep. an upper beaky.
2: so if I I talked to you about um, the club itself what what's the best thing what is the thing that you like best about the club
1: well it's it's a very mixed club it's a a fair range of uh, um, experience different uh, different um, experiences different jobs, different uh, uh, attributes that the members have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we help each other, of course. That, that, that's the best thing. The best thing is you can, you can go to anybody. If you, if you know what their, their experience is and what their uh, skills are, you can mm-hmm. go and tap their uh, knowledge. Okay. And uh, it's always freely given. There's never, never any problems with uh, uh, helping each other. That must be that
2: must be terrific for the teenagers that you've got. They can.
1: Oh yeah, well, the, the, when I joined, there was a teenager in the club who ultimately became the um, the uh, apprentice of the year in oh, Victoria really? in yeah. Uh, Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. So it's never a problem. The, the thing about the teenagers is that they're monitored by their uh, sponsor, and uh, we never allow them to join unless they have a a parent or a, a, a sponsor to tutor to tutor them. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. keep an eye on them. Keep yeah. them under control. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes.
2: And that's what you like about the club. But what do you think is the best thing the club has done? What does the it does various things. What's the best thing it's done?
1: Well, we uh, get involved in anything and everything in, in the locality. Mm-hmm. We are involved with the different shows: the Pakenham Show, the Duffton Show, the Berwick Show. Uh, we used to go to the Dandenong Show at one point until they they started uh, being greedy for money and wanting us to pay for the privilege. <laughs> uh, I see, and uh, I see a whole lot of toys here. What's that? What's that about? Yeah, we'll, we'll have a group who do toy making, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's probably become the uh, the biggest. Uh, uh, Sort of uh, interaction within the club mm-hmm. is the toy making, yeah. and uh, these toys are donated every Christmas to the different charities. All right. We take no interest whatsoever in uh, distributing them. The charities do the distribution. Yeah. So it's it's not a personal thing. We we don't say that that toys for that family or that toys for the next family. Mm-hmm we we wash our hands off the toys once we present them to the charities Yeah, And just for the listeners when I'm looking around
2: I can see a little wooden aeroplane and a dolly's cot and a, and oh, a wooden tractor
1: We cover a, a multitude of sins we, <laughs> in the range from cricket sets we do cricket bats and um, wickets for the boys and uh, wheelbarrows little rocking horses Such as the one over in the corner there. Uh beautiful. And uh, uh, everything in between. Uh, As you say, cots and uh, uh, high chairs for the girls and uh, bunk beds for the girls, uh, ironing boards, irons.
2: You say that that has become sort of one of your major activities. It has. It has. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, lots of the joining members they uh, they get to hear about this initially and they want to okay. participate. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't matter whether they have much skill or not or much experience. They can uh, they can at least dress up timber or um, mm. drill a hole for a screw or what have you. You know, yeah. and uh, help out with the toy making or put on paint. Since yeah. Yeah. It's sort of,
2: it's a crossover between a a philanthropic exercise, like a donation, plus they're taking their own time and putting their own effort into it. So it's a a very good thing to do, isn't it?
1: Yes, there's no pressure on the members. No. They don't have to join in. They're not obliged to. And I keep emphasising this, Mm -hmm. that when they come, I keep saying you're not obliged to work on the toys. Mm -hmm. You can do what you like, do your own thing. that's one of the big... uh, um, the big advantages of the club yeah. is that uh, any two members can come in at any time right. and work on the machines, Yeah, and uh, they can do what they like. So typically,
2: yeah. if they're not doing tours, what sort of thing do they do?
1: Oh, they might do anything. They recently I've been repairing chairs for a, a woman, or we, we get Caught up with uh, repair jobs all the time. Okay. One of the other members was repairing an honors board for a um, a badminton club, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Badminton club. Yeah, yeah. We got caught up with these things. We we've done repair jobs for uh, for kindergartens. Well, probably not kinders. Um, uh, play groups and play play group. Yeah. Know, play groups yeah. in the past.
2: Is there any, have you had any disasters? Is there anything happened in the club that's uh, been a real drama?
1: No, we've never, never really had any problems. Um, We've only once had uh, uh, somebody who uh, called on the insurance. We had a doctor who was in the club and uh, who agitated on and on and on about uh, the first aid box not being up to date and... uh, Requiring uh, some some attention, so we did uh, attend to it uh, under his guidance. (coughs) And the the funny thing is that uh, he was the only person that ever had an accident. Yeah. (laughs) Well, up up to that point, anyway. The the reason I ask is when I was at school, we used to do
2: woodwork when I was, and the teacher held a piece of timber like that. And mm. ran it through the planer oh. and took the tips of his fingers off. Oh, yeah. In oh. class, with yeah. the students all around. And oh. uh, you can imagine
1: that oh. was... Oh, well, well, well if uh, like i Like, I've taken the tips off the, these fingers there, but mm. uh, not, not sufficient to do much damage. No. And uh, not so long back, I knocked the tip off that. I didn't take it off, I knocked it off. Mm. Right down to the nail bed. But that was on a lathe, and it was... <laughs> there was really carelessness on my part. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we, we don't we don't have any any serious accidents. Yeah, that's terrific. <laughs> Occasionally, somebody maybe cuts themselves with the band saw, but uh, yeah, it's right. always carelessness. Yeah, it's never the, the fault of the machines.
2: So, if you if you look ahead now for the next five ten years, what what do you look forward to on behalf of the club?
1: Well, the council uh, who, who uh, are, are administering the property actually want us off the site. Oh, right. I think I mentioned it to you before. But they're in order to get us off this site and out of these premises, they've got to provide alternative premises. Mm-hmm. So they've got a master plan, and we'll be down the bottom of the hill. Okay. Um Beyond the line of trees, beyond the line of elms, okay. we'll be down there. They've got all sorts of uh, um, different plans for reorganising the site. You know, the farmers' market was the uh, probably the, the uh, initial stages. Okay. The farmers' market used to be up the <clears throat> avenue, yes, in amongst the trees here. Yes, yeah, but. Um, for some reason or other, they and I think it had to do with the arborists in the council, because they, they've always been very protective of the, the trees right. there. Yes. So yes. the farmer's market area, which you've obviously seen, yes, it's all been laid out, uh, landscaped and uh, power installed and all the rest of it. Yeah, so, yeah. So we'll be down... Closer to that uh, set up down well, there.
2: Are you looking forward to that or is that not something? Well,
1: yeah. it was to be this coming year, but uh, it'll probably be nearer 1918, uh, 2018 before we get there.
2: Yeah. Now you're on the committee of the club. Yeah.
1: What do you What are you looking forward to personally? Have you looked a few years ahead? Well, well I'll, I'll probably back, back off the committee. I'll probably resign at the end of the next uh, year, financial mm-hmm. yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, and let some of the younger ones take over. We've, we've had quite a few younger ones come on the committee in the last year or so. But uh,
2: It sounds as though the club's pretty
1: strong. Well, yeah, so there's yeah. 100 members, and uh, the, the, there's always a very active uh, uh, interchange of information okay. in the club. Yeah. 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 And as I say, we get involved in all sorts of things. We, we get involved with the schools, with the Kits for Kids... And we get involved with the shows, as I said, and we get involved with uh, um, doing odd, uh, odd jobs for different people, such as we've helped out the physio departments and uh, some of the local physio physio setups. Uh-huh. And uh, in fact, we we'll, we'll had one there recently. Did you see the spirals that we had, the... Archimedes screws that were manufactured?
2: No, I didn't see them. Ah, well,
1: well, they're stacked over the way there. I thought you had seen them, but uh, we did these for a a blind group who wanted them specifically to help blind people feel the motion of the screw. Okay. The the Archimedes screw was a a system that was used for irrigation. Yes, yes, yes. And it's still used in the granaries. Okay. Yes, for lifting, for lifting grain, grain yeah. up from the ground floor onto the yeah. top floors. Yeah. Yeah.
2: As I said to you early on, the purpose of the podcast is for people who are coming up towards retirement, or perhaps they've just retired in their home and not really knowing mm. what to do with themselves. No. What would you recommend to them?
1: Well, by all means, join the club. You know, yeah. we uh, will have a good uh, rapport here. All the members get on very well. We never have any problems. Mm-hmm. At least we don't nowadays. <laughs> we have in the past, but yeah. we don't have it nowadays. Yeah. If if there is a problem, it's always, funnily enough, it's always an ethnic problem. Really? Okay. And it's usually to do with the the fact that there was such a mix of Europeans in the club. Yeah. They have different expectations. Oh, different ways of doing things yes. you know. yeah. uh, at the present moment the, there's quite a number of let me think how many there'll be two, three, four five, six six Scots I think and one or two Irish quite a few of the uh, English breed. <laughs> And uh, very few Aussies. Very few Aussies. Uh, That's interesting. uh, Yeah. Uh, The the Dutch used to be predominant. We don't have many Dutch now. We've got about three, I think. Mm -hmm. But they they used to be predominant. When I joined... Why um, why do you
2: think that is? Why why do you think that there are not that many Australians?
1: Well, probably because they've been born and bred here and they follow different pursuits, probably. Uh, Whereas they... Europeans coming in, they would be wanting to uh, associate with uh, other craftsmen, I think, probably yeah. to learn. Mm-hmm.
2: Are there any women who are actually members of the club?
1: Yeah, uh, we'll have about ten. Yeah. And I say some come on a Wednesday evening. Right. We'll have one or two husband and wife memberships. Mm-hmm. Three, in fact. Three, at present. Mm-hmm. So that's three women to start with. Yeah. If someone's and
2: interested in... You know, they're, maybe they're 60 and they're coming up towards, uh, you know, retirement. They can see retirement ahead of them. How would you recommend they get involved in woodwork? Are there books or courses that they should be looking at?
1: Well, they could, but it's very difficult to uh, find a woodworking course right. locally. And you have to go to a TAFE or. or, or uh, I remember the name of the college down the way there, mm-hmm. but uh, and the, some of them get the idea that they can just French polish by looking at a, a jar of polish, you know. And uh, <laughs> and French polishing courses are difficult to come by as well. Yes, yeah. uh, when, when they come in, they've always got great ideas as to what they're going to do, you know. They've got a project in mind but it's usually something that's a way above their capabilities and mm-hmm. probably way above the capabilities of some of the members as well.
2: Yeah.
1: But uh, we try to bring them down to earth and uh, get them channelled into something nice and simple to start with, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if someone wants to join this club, how could they, how do they get in touch? What's the, the method for people to get in contact with you or with some of the other Well,
1: members? Generally at one of the shows they, they can, well, they can come in here. Yeah. They can walk, walk in the door mm-hmm. and uh, make contact, see what's going on and uh, or catch up with us at the shows or yeah. when we go out fundraising, which we do once a year, we go um, we have a fundraising exercise which is a raffle Yes. and uh, we go around the shopping centres so they contact us then okay. when we're in the shopping centres.
2: Right. Yeah. So it's easy enough to find you, people, oh, will, yes. if they're interested in woodwork, they right. can find you?
1: This site's open, it's open for parents bringing kids to play around and uh, the, the cafe there, people come up for for lunch and one thing or another mm-hmm. and, and they just come in here. That was one of the considerations, or rather one of the conditions under which we got um, the permission to come on site in the first place, was that we were open to, we would be open to the public. Right. So people can come in, have a look around, mm-hmm. under escort. Yes. And well, uh, well, there's, a, there's yeah. machines here. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Right. So uh, we, we have a fair... Rapport with the, the public. There's a fair uh, interchange of uh, information with the public, and the people who come in uh, often um, offer us stuff such as machinery and uh, uh, timber and things like that. So yeah, terrific. So yeah. we do we do quite well. Yeah. We... All right. Well, thank you very much for all the information mm.
2: and for the help that you've given us. Um, I'll put the contact for this. ...on our website, and people can contact you at the shows around uh, Berwick and so on. Yes,
1: by all means. Uh Thank you very much.
2: Okay, well, did you enjoy that? So what you just heard was George describing the club and some of its members and the activities they get involved in. And uh, as he was saying, they can do anything they like really, but he seems to get involved in little maintenance jobs for people in the local community and of course lots of members are making the toys which they then give away at Christmas. They teach youngsters and folks all sorts really but the mainstay of the club are the older members and I guess the reason for that is that the club is open all through the week and so it's really the retired members who can get down there during the day. So did you you pick up how old he was? Hmm? And how long he'd been in the club? I'll leave that one with you. What do you think the three important things that came out of that were? At least in my mind anyhow, I can tell you what I thought and perhaps you can comment later on. I think that for the long-time members at least, what they're making is really quite irrelevant. What's important to them is that it's a safe community that they can relate to and it's a friendly community. So they can go down there, know they're going to find some friends or take a couple of friends with them to do some work. And uh, they know that uh, the atmosphere down there is going to be friendly. They're going to help each other. Uh, and that's the second point, really, that they're helping each other. They're supporting each other. And I guess when you get later in life, you know, these things become more important to you, to have a supportive community around you. Maybe your children are no longer around. Maybe they've moved away, as mine have. My my children are... Uh, well, one's three hours away and the other one's many, many thousands of kilometres or many thousands of miles away. So to be part of a a caring and helpful community is a great thing and that's one aspect of help. The other aspect of help is that they can help the young folks or the folks who come down and are just starting on their woodwork hobby uh, and impart their knowledge. They feel as though they're giving something back to the community by being able to use their experience and pass that on to other people, and of course the third thing is the toy program, and here they they make something approaching a thousand toys per year, and then give those toys away to a number of charity organisations for their for the distribution. As he said, they don't get involved in the distribution, so being able to make things which help other people is, as I said, sort of a phil- That's not easy to say, is it? A philanthropic exercise. They are doing something they love, being involved in a, uh, a supportive and safe community, club, the, the club itself, and uh, being able to help other people at the same time. And I think in an earlier episode, I talked about what it is that makes people happy. And it's, in my view anyhow, it's a sense of having a purpose, particularly as you get older. Having a sense of purpose is really important in your life. You've done all those things like, or hopefully you've done those things, like providing for your family and maybe purchasing a home or being in a settled situation anyhow. So now you're in a situation where you, you just want to know that you're valued, that you have friends, that you've got something to look forward to every day, but that you've got a purpose and a, and a connection. In this case, it's a connection com- to community. If you've got a pet, you'll know, in particularly a dog, not so fond of cats, particularly if you've got a, a dog, you know what I mean by having a connection to another living thing. And that's really, really important. So that's my thoughts on it, and I'd be really very, very interested to hear what your thoughts on this may be. For those of you who have had a bit of a, an inkling that you'd like to learn about woodwork, Where do you find out about this sort of stuff? Well, what I did was I just Googled it. I Googled woodworking club. And in fact, I Googled woodworking club Melbourne. And I come up with three or four clubs around the suburbs of Melbourne. And I'm sure they'd all be similar. You could just go down. And in the particular city where you are, whether you're in Australia, whether you're in New Zealand, whether you're in America, wherever you are, I'm sure there'd be woodworking clubs that you go down and talk to the people. There's a small joining fee. And a small annual fee, but the larger scope of life, those fees are not very much money. So here's what I'd like you to do. At the bottom of the page on the net, and that will be in retiredexcited.com. stroke 007. So you can go to that page and go down to the bottom. You'll find a place where you can put your remarks. And I'd like you to tell me what you think. Tell me what did you pick up in that? interview. What do you think is important in life as you're getting a bit older? The things that we've been talking about will of course be on that page and they'll be outlined in the show notes that are, that are written there. The other thing I'd like you to do is email me. You can email me at henry at retiredexcited.com and if you have any issues that you would like me to talk about on this podcast, if there's things that have been disturbing you, if there's some topics you'd like me to cover, just send me a quick email. I will reply to you and we'll get on to those. So that's the end of it for today. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you're having a great day and I will see you next time.
0: I, I to give that a for sure. Um, Ian, Robert, like that was that was interesting. What a good idea. was a guest, uh, we we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to